Welcome back to the EDBC podcast. Eric Dobratz and Brian Coleman. A couple days after the Super Bowl, we wanted to let things marinate a little bit, but Super Bowl 57, Brian, I thought it lived up to the hype. I thought it was a great game. And as we're sitting here on Valentine's Day talking about it, um, listen, there's a couple things obviously you didn't like about the game, but give me your take. No, 100%. I thought it lived up to the hype. And so many of these games, especially when you, you know, you know, when we were growing up, um, you'd have games that you would go in kind of knowing that they were going to be, I don't know, blowouts, but you had a pretty, you know, the San Francisco's of the world, Dallas against Buffalo, Washington against anybody against Buffalo, really, uh, except for the Giants that first year. And you sort of had an idea that would be a heavy favorite. This was, as we talked about, a very close game in terms of favorites. The Eagles went in as a one and a half point favorite. And it was the two best teams. They were both number one seeds. Uh, they were probably the best teams all year. And yeah, it was, it was the heavy, you know, it's a heavyweight title fight. I mean, they went, it was a wildly entertaining game yep. uh, for good and bad reasons. And it, you were a hundred percent lived up to the hype. It wasn't a dud. Um, and I'm, I'm not trying to knock last year when we had like a four seed and a three seed, but like I said, uh, I think Philadelphia had, the, you know, Philadelphia was the number one team in their conference all year. And Kansas city has Patrick Mahomes. Um, and it was exciting right down to the end. Uh, couldn't agree more. It definitely looked the hype. I know everyone like the next day wants to go like, it's the greatest Super Bowl of all time. It's not. Those, those are the, and I, I totally agree with you, but those are the things you need to marinate. Like, let's, 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 let, let this one, let, let, let's let the dust settle for a little bit before we get a yeah. history lesson on this. We'll, we'll talk about the flag in a second, but the, the one thing, the other thing that um, was the big theme all week was that. And, and the reason I picked Kansas City was I just wanted to root for him. But also, same. I always it's it's the same when you make trades in any sport. I hate always trading the best player. And the best player on the field was with Kansas City, like you said, Patrick Mahomes. Right. And that's why whenever you make a trade, like I hate those big trades where you're giving away the best player for six prospects or something or, Correct. or draft picks, like you know we just saw with Kyrie and, um, and Kevin, Kevin Durant. Durant. You just yeah. you never know. But the other thing I thought the big theme was everyone kept saying, well, they have Mahomes, but two through 53, the Eagles had the best players. And I'm going to disagree with that one thing. The best two players on the field were on the Chiefs. And that's Mahomes and Kelsey. That's a great point. And they're I, two I, Hall of Famers right there. It's a hell of a good point because I was the same way. So I didn't rank him by like two through 53, but I went through positions like, okay, wide receiver. Check Eagles. Offensive line, check Eagles. Defensive line, check all the way through. And some of that proved not to be the case. Nope. As we found out. But going into the game, but I and I still picked the Chiefs because I you're right. And I didn't even think about Mahomes. I was thinking uh I mean about about Kelsey. I was thinking, okay, Mahomes. I didn't quite, and this is part of me being a cowboy fan and wanting to sort of think the Eagles are a little overrated or overhyped. I didn't quite, I guess maybe I got this one right. I was kind of like, and I screwed up last week with the scheduling. They didn't play the Niners, but when they, I was a little, a little worried, not worried. I wanted to see what this Eagle defense would do against a great offense because they yeah. had some moments this year. They played a soft schedule. And when they played Rodgers, they, they had 33 hung on them. When they played the Cowboys, they had 40 hung on them. I wanted to see what this Eagle defense could do against the Mahomes. And it turns out, Mahomes could do what he want in the second half, in the second half when they couldn't stop him. 
The uh, listen, everyone wants to bring up the flag. You can like the call, you cannot like the call, but the, the Eagles didn't lose the game because of the flag. They lost the game because their defense couldn't make a play in the second half. Like you said, the, the Chiefs ran the ball down their throat with Pacheco, who had a great Mahomes game. had all day to throw. I mean, and listen, you, I don't know if it's Bienemy or Reed or whoever, but on those two wide open touchdowns where they put a guy in motion and they and the Eagle defensive back was following, then couldn't get back. They clearly saw something they were doing on defense and said, "Hey, they're they're going to keep following. If we go the other way, we're going to be wide." And they did it twice in a row, hundred percent. And Brian Baldinger, who I love his little things on uh, social media, ex NFL offensive lineman, he just does these cool like two minute breakdowns. And he said they saw something. I think it was in the Jacksonville game when the Eagles played the Jaguars, like in just that little motion. And you're right, they're the either first. They were on opposite sides, one to the right, one to the left. They threw that first one. Uh, to Tony, who had a good game, ex-giant uh, Kadarius Tony had a really nice game, good for him, wide open. Then they do it again, opposite side, they have Sky Moore, walks in, and you're 100% right. Those were just, and I don't even know if it's like the Eagles didn't recognize it, or if it's half they didn't recognize it and, and make adjustments, or if it's half like, that's just a damn hard play to stop. Yeah. they Listen, they got outcoached, they got outcoached. Uh, yeah. by by Reed and his people in the second half, they just they they put on a clinic of it. You know, I hate the word halftime adjustments. Where uh, who was it? Someone said it last week. I heard halftime adjustments is a bunch of BS. There's no halftime adjustments. We go inside, we relax. We we need orange, orange slices. Yeah, yeah exactly. Peyton, I think it was Peyton Manning. Yeah, and but again with a longer Super Bowl, but the, the way they marched down the field was just unbelievable. And listen, the flag. I, as soon as it happened, I said, as soon as I saw the replay, I said, that's the right call. You don't like it. Because of that point in the game, they've been calling it all year, although they didn't call it in the first half when the Eagles did it, spun around Juju Smith-Schuster yep. on a third yep. down play, Yes, which yes. pisses you off because if you're going to make those calls, you got to be consistent. you just got to be consistent. Listen, Same man, with I, the reviews, Brian. I, explain to me the reviews, the catches. One's well, not a catch. The other one is a catch. I thought the tight end Goddard didn't have possession of the ball. They said he well, did. I, 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 get I, I, I got, I got, I don't even have that one. That's a third on my list, but I don't. Uh, but the, going back to the flag, I got to just because I'm on the side. I get it. I do. You're not supposed to officiate this way. And maybe I'm old school, but like it's like the NHL in the playoffs or the NBA back in the day. I just, I'd rather they let a, something go if it's, if it's 50 50. And I guess that's kind of like, well, that's a BS way to officiate. You got to fish. I hated the play call too, by the way. You, I, I wanted to I draw. Did, I wanted uh, to draw or something there. I no, I saw what they were doing because I think they thought they just got the right matchup and it was one on one. And I don't mind the call. I just hate that we could have had like they're kicking the field goal there. The minute the pass goes incomplete, oh, all day with the dog. The minute the, the pass goes incomplete, you're thinking. Okay, he's going to kick a field goal, but the Eagles are going to have like a minute and a half left and two timeouts to try and do something with this. Yep. And it just ruins the game. I'm so old, Eric, and you are too. It made me think of, because we've got March Madness coming up, it made, made, made me think of Ramil Robinson against Seton Hall. Like, just that's a ticky tack foul. Let's not do this. I'm sorry. I couldn't do it. I had to do the old guy thing. Yeah, no. I, I, I guess you're right. I mean, but I just, I guess I'm more pissed because. It's after such a great game and like a tail two halves and the Chiefs coming back and just steamrolling the second half to come back. And how about Mahomes twice coming back from 10-point deficits going into the fourth quarter? You know, all, it went from like, oh, man, this is going to be a classic ending to, 
Uh, they're going to kneel down here. Great job by uh, McKinnon of sliding at like the two yard line rather than scoring the touchdown. Yeah. He's going to kick the field goal and we're going to go home. And like part of me, so Pat, my brain is like, this is awesome because this is going to be such a horrible way for the Eagles to lose. And I despise the Eagles. But the football family going, really? This is how we're in this game? Really? And the Fox broadcasters, by the way, they were doing everything in their power to put some bad juju on the kicker. They were talking about like, oh, you know, he missed one earlier. Oh, we're not trying to jinx them. They didn't want the game then that we either, especially Burkhardt was a big Eagles fan. But um, oh, I know. And I love Kevin Burkhardt, but sorry, dude. The other thing, uh, too, is the field conditions. The NFL put in a new grass field a couple weeks ago that they'd been mm-hmm. growing since January, apparently. Yeah. So on your grand stage, your biggest game of the year, you put a field out there that is like ice. People are ice skating on it. That's a joke. You know, I I, I just don't care as much. The thing is, and I, I want to circle back to the replay, because in the grand scheme of things that drove me nuts about this game, come on, Doug, are you really going to work the whole time? That's what happens when you take from home. Um. I get the field, but I think they were trying to make it a good field. Sometimes it happens. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. The replay is what bothers me is I think this game showed that replay is broken. You mentioned the uh, the Dallas Goddard catch. I'm thinking of the two plays, one that really helped the Eagles, one that could have really screwed them, although they ended up losing anyway. I know he bobbled the ball Smith. out of bounds. Devontae, that's a catch. Come, yep. Can we stop? What replay is doing in those situations, Eric, is it's getting rid of common sense. Yep. That was a catch. He bobbled it. He's already out of bounds. Let's go. And then the other thing, and this, I mean, Nick Bolton could have had two touchdowns, the uh, Kansas City line, who played a great game, sort of wire, or, you know, quietly, is the Miles Sanders catch, and he gets on Saunders. Miles gets catch, catch. And they fumble, but they call it an incomplete pass. I mean, dude, I know that's a he turned, he caught the ball and turned. He there's a fumble. We're yeah, taking football, common sense yeah. out of this. The football move or whatever is it's so uh, it just it makes no sense. It just call it like you'd call it in your freaking backyard when you're growing up. It's just enough already. It's so I thought, exhausting. I, it's just terrible. And I think uh, I would really like to, I don't want them to get rid of replay, but I'd love to have them just do it like either it, that's a fumble here, like. His knee was down. It's a fumble. I think we can maybe do. They'll still screw that up, but it's just we're yeah. trying to eliminate things they can screw up. And did he cross the goal line? The and whole the, is it a catch? Was it not a catch? I'll take the judgment calls, dude. I'll go back to it. You know, and I, and I like Pereira and Gene Steratore and all those guys. But you know what? If they're not going to be critical of their officials, then what's the point of having them on there? If you you know what I mean, like yeah, I know, hundred percent. And I, I give Greg Olson a lot of credit because he was—he didn't want that flag at the end of the game, and Pereira was trying to talk him into it, and he wouldn't go for it. And he was oh, you're right. Him. I thought so I give him a lot of credit on that, but it's like every time. Well, you know, they try to justify these calls, and like these officials yeah. are part-time officials who have real jobs during the mm-hmm. week, and they're never going to get better. And when you put all-star crews that don't work together, it's just—it is what it is. It's been going on forever, Brian. I mean, I saw Miami Hurricanes lose a, a national championship because of a back judge throwing a flag. After yep. the game was over. So, I mean, it, it happens. Uh, a couple of things just looking forward, Brian, I yep. wanted to get to is, you know, we've talked about this a lot. We're not going too deep into the weeds, but, you know, the NFL with their hiring practices, again, you could do, you could spend hours on this, people have. But the thing that bothers me is the Eagles defense got lit up, right? right. They hired Vic Fangio as a consultant for two weeks to help him prepare for this game. Yeah, Vic Fangio. And their defensive coordinator is going to get a head coaching job this week. Uh, you know, I mean, maybe. And their offensive coordinator is going to get a head coaching job in the Colts. But he just again, got, yeah, like, I just got this, got it this morning. Their offensive coordinator, who's been an offensive coordinator for about a year and a half. 
And again, the the Eric Bieniemy's out there, all these guys who can't get jobs, it just drives you crazy because the Eagles defensive coordinator who got lit up yesterday is going to get a head coaching job in Arizona they're talking about? Really? Yeah, I, I, 100%. And listen, I, maybe that's because a lot of people don't want the job, and that's fine. Um, I think Eric Bieniemy would take it. Eric Bieniemy would take it. You know, that was kind of nice to see D'Amico. It's a see D'Amico Ryan's the uh, the uh, defensive the coordinator. Job. Yeah. For the 49ers, it's the Houston job, but you're right. I mean, unless you're uh if you unless you're a young if you're a young white offensive coordinator, you've got sort of first jib, dibs at most of these jobs. And I couldn't agree with you more. Hey, even a guy like you know, and sometimes we talk about the retreads, but how about Spags? I mean, how about Steve Spagnuolo and, and the job Spagnuolo, he did? Spagnuolo, yeah. Spagnuolo and the job he did with his Chiefs defense, tremendous. But yep. uh hey, the, you know, listen, he's that probably game... too old and he's he'd be a retread and it's not gonna happen. So that game had the Chiefs got lucky on that that fumble by Hertz. I mean, they're they go down the field and score again. That game could be 28-7 at that. Yeah, and that's that's a great point. And that was the one mistake he made. We haven't talked about it, but Hertz played a hell of a game. He did. He was tremendous. And, and no, I, I, no one could question him again. That's it. No more. Yeah, listen, and I love the I again I, I we talked about MD Reed, but the same both these teams I thought watching because I when I see some of the direct that you see during the regular season, both these teams are turning in terms of the coaching and the schemes, especially offensively, the way they design plays and move the ball. Like I'm not this is not taking anything from Hertz, but like they're like they they make it easier for him. We've got two great ride receivers, we build a great offensive line. We're going to scheme up things that work for you with a great running game. Like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. Dallas yeah. Cowboys make things easier and try and help the quarterback. And I mean, good for them. And they still got him in a cheap deal. It's in, see what happens. And, you know, there's a lot of like, he's young. He's young. They'll be back. But that's the whole Dan Marino thing. You never know. Yep. And Hey, credit to Andy Reed wins his second Super Bowl. I know he's been criticized a lot over the years. Uh, but he's kind of cemented his legacy now. Mahomes, two MVPs, two Super Bowls. He's 27 years old. I mean, Five it's hard to title. keep these things together, man. But, I mean, how his will. And then yeah, there's reports coming out today that he tore into his team. He took some treatment and then tore into the team the last 10 minutes and a half. Thought yeah. they were, you know, going through the motions and they were showing no fire. And, and listen, he's a leader. I mean, he's great. He's just absolutely great. Yeah, and let's give them credit for the way, you know, we talked about they lost Tyreek Kill and everyone thought that'd be a big blow to them, but they still have Kelsey and they have those, you know, they like Juju Smith Schusters of the world and the Mark Valdez Scanlings, like not superstar receivers, but like they just Darius Tony crying out. Darius Tony had a great game. Yeah, I mean, you know, they drafted, they drafted Pacheco and like late late round, he had a great game. Sky Moore is getting better. They drafted him like in the second round. So, you know, they're not he doesn't have an all-star team, but they maximize what they have. And it's it's a lot easier to maximize those things when you have a Patrick Mahomes. And there's he's, he's doing what Tom Brady used to do for the he's Patriots. Be, he's he's incredible and he's not going anywhere. But, you mentioned Andy Reid's gonna walk in the Hall of Fame now. Two Super Bowls almost always similar to that. And Mahomes is still kind of freaking young. He's like 27. It's amazing. Yeah. I was saying he's he he is on the same path as Brady. He makes the people around him better. He's a yep. winner and he's got yep. the will of a champion. He just he he does not want to be denied. He could have lost both those games very easily, the conference final and then the Super Bowl. So yeah. God bless him. Uh one last thing for the Super Bowl. Uh broadcast team. Uh there's a lot of people were making that the first broadcast between Burkhart. We're familiar with him because we're New York yep. people, WFAN, the Mets he worked for. Thought it was an easy listen. I thought Olsen was good, didn't talk too much, good, didn't yeah. overwhelm the game. Uh and listen, I don't watch. I don't care who's brought. You and I could be doing the game. You're still going to get the same rating. You know what I mean? Still, 113 million people watched it. 
So I, I don't put a lot of stock into that anyway. It doesn't bother me. No, but I thought they were really good, and they don't detract from the game. Wilson adds to the game. I thought, you know, some of his calls were really insightful, and I like that he pushes back on the referees. Uh, and Pratt sort of just, uh, he's getting better. And he's, he's those of us too. They don't annoy you, and they don't try and, like, take over the game. The one thing Olsen did too, I think, is a little different than Romo. Romo likes to predict things like as they're walking up to the line of scrimmage or snapping the ball, whereas Olsen t- mentioned McKinnon, the Chiefs not wanting to score and to go down. He mentioned that a couple plays before yeah. that play. He also was good at explaining a couple of the penalties. I forget which one it was. He mentioned something about a rule that he knew. Uh, I forget what it was. Somewhere in the game, something to do in the middle of the game, a uh, uh, defense. I don't remember what it was, but he just was on top of things. He, he was really – he was dialed in. Well, one of the reasons I think this is mentioned and should be highlighted is because we've talked about that. And it's been going on since the dawn of time, whether it's Joe Montana or Bill. Like, okay, a huge star retires and he instantly gets a TV job. And we just, you know, is he? And nobody seems to be, by the way, can he actually do the job? That seems never to get asked. We're hearing that question. That question's popping again now because is Tom Brady going to take Greg Olson's job? Tom Brady's never broadcast a game in his life. And Joe Montana was terrible, by the oh, way. Oh, he was awful. Awful. Terrible. Awful. Marino had a good run on CBS for a while, but he was bumped off to the side just when they when they put Sims back on the desk out of, out of the booth. And when Romo took over for Sims and then Sims needed a place to land, they got rid of Marino. So um, other things. Uh, last thing about the broadcasting. Uh, I think Terry Bradshaw's days doing postgame may be over. Uh, having saying to Andy Reed, said Didn't to Andy, it. I don't know if you heard this, but he said to Andy Reid uh, when they're doing the trophy in the interview, goes, waddle on over here, Andy. I mean that's Terry being folksy. I get, but I guess I don't even. Just seems like stuff. you know, let let someone else do that. And and the other thing to put a bow on this, since we're talking about the broadcasting, I know we're going, we got we got other stuff to do this morning, but can we? And I can we please? We know it, there's some. It, can we please not with the from six thirty to six forty eight have all these pre pre produced pieces? Can yeah, that, the game started too late. By the way, oh my, oh my it, goodness, the game it, it was six twenty two, then it was six twenty eight, and I knew it. Because I couldn't find the specific time. It just said 6.30 everywhere. And when they say 6.30, it's not 6.30 because it's always an odd number. Baseball games start at 7.07 or whatever. I said to myself, this game isn't going to start at 6.30. Well, it's ticked at 6.47. I mean, Fox I is trying to get in the prime time as much as they could. That's the deal. Well, I I guess, but does that – I suppose. But, I mean, because I, I guess that's the explanation because of, I'm like, what do they think – who do they think they're they're – these pieces are for everybody in America. It's 45 is going, well, you st- even people don't even care about football. Going, well, you start the freaking game. Yeah. And they're at parties and all that stuff. They're not listening to Kevin Costner or Sam nobody Elliott cares. or whoever it is. No one cares. It was Kevin Costner. I'm yeah, still not watching cares. Yellowstone. You keep, keep hitting me over the head of Kevin Costner. I'm not watching any Yellowstone. Me neither. So that was the only thing. Stop. All right, there's our 20 minutes of Super Bowl recap, <laughs> forecasting, looking forward. And I'm sure the Chiefs are going to be the uh, preseason favorite to win it all again next year. As they Chiefs, should. Bills, and the top three are – because I've already looked at Cincinnati. This, uh, uh, I saw the Eagles, but you might be – maybe you saw Cincinnati too, but they, the Bills are still high up there. So, hey, man, uh, you know, it's going to be boring. It's going to be like one of those things where – you know, Mahomes won the MVP this year. He's gonna, it's going to turn into Michael Jordan and Wayne Gretzky. Like, well, I guess we'll give it to Jalen Hurts or 
Josh Allen this year because we we well, we could give it to Mahomes every year. We're getting into that territory. Tim. Yeah, like LeBron. LeBron well, exactly. How many, how many MVPs has LeBron should have won? He should win it again this year that he won't win because people are let's give someone else a chance. Well, that's not yeah, Carl Malone winning because they got tired of giving it to, to Michael Jordan. Let's give it exactly. to Carl Malone. He's been around a while. Yeah. So all right, we're gonna take a time out. We come back with a couple of quick baseball notes to talk, and then in our third segment, Brian's got a short list of birthdays for today. Brian, oh, I sure do. But don't be shortchanged when you shop from home. Just as you shop from home doesn't mean you can't save. Don't pay for extra service just because you feel like shopping from your home or office. Instacart Plus, that's the old Instacart Express membership program. It's called Instacart Plus now. It's great for families because for $9.99 a month or $99 a year, memberships pay for themselves with just a few orders. Instacart Plus membership benefits include family accounts and family carts. Members share all their benefits with other family members for free so households can add items to a shared cart and shop together, again, from home. You get free delivery and over 35 bucks and 5% credit back on any eligible pickup orders. Reduce service fees for every order and extra perks from top brands like mileage bonus points from Delta Airlines with every dollar spent. And exclusive, uh, exclusive benefits if you happen to be a Chase credit card member. So, again, as we get rolling into February to March and, you know, life gets busy, don't forget to shop from home and save with Instacart. All right, Brian, baseball, a couple of notes. I'll let you handle this one. The competition committee made a decision yesterday. Tell us what you think. Okay, so this is the competition committee has now, this started uh, during the COVID year of 2020. Um, and I, I, coupled with trying to get extra inning games to move along and not last for seven or eight hours, that uh, come the 10th inning, the running each team would get a runner on second base to start the inning, sort of like, you know, jumpstart scoring, maybe get the game sent faster. Now at Forest, I was the, the old Bob Costas is the mindset of the world. Like this is the bastardization of a game that's been around for 170 years. And I saw this yesterday become permanent. And I'm like, that's fine. Whatever. I'm cool. With it. I don't care. I, I come around. I've come around on like college football's goopy overtime. I've come. I I love the NHL uh, three minute three on three overtime in the shootout in the regular season. So, and that's the key for me. As long as it's just the regular season, which is a season regular seasons, it's way too long anyway. I'm fine with it. Yeah, it's funny. I had the same reaction today. I was kind of like, ugh, but then I was like, you know what? Who gives it? You know what? In the Who grand cares? scheme of things, you know, it's on a July Maybe 10th, fine, July yeah. 10th when you're sitting there after you know three bush lights watching your Mets and it's the 12th inning against the freaking Phillies and it's six, six, Yeah, you're, you're, you're going to be done. I mean, you're going to, you know, Fritos all over your stomach. You're, you just want to go to bed. You know, it's enough. He's feeling talking specifically to me there. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you, man. Like I'm fine with that. And again, it's, I, I go back to the NHL. Don't screw up the, over. you got a brilliant thing. I know don't screw it up in the postseason. Uh, like in the, once the playoffs roll around, especially now that baseball is going to have it. Pretty sure expanded playoffs are going to be just a new way of life in baseball. That's fine, but don't bastardize that. If we have to sit through 16 innings, that's fine. Some of the greatest games in baseball history have become have come about in extra innings in the postseason. So, but you're 100 percent right. On a freaking June, you know, when it's Tuesday night and you get the Pirates, you know, you get you get the 20 win Pirates in town on a Tuesday night and it's getting cold. Put them on second base and let's you know let's let's go uh, pound the Budweiser. Exactly. Uh, a couple local notes from our teams. Uh, start with the Yankees real quick. Uh, I just uh, you know whenever you see an injury on your team on February thirteenth, you're like, here we go. I I know you go. Yep. Here we go. Nestor Cortez off the yep. uh, World Baseball Classic, which we could talk about next week. I have no interest in that. I again, as Mad Dog would say, I wouldn't watch that if it was in my backyard. Yeah. 
I don't care at all. But Nestor Cortez is a grade two hamstring. I don't know what that means, but he's hoping to be ready for the start of the season. And I'm like, that's six weeks away. So he's shut down for two weeks because it's like, uh, so it's just, you know how it is. It's just, Uh, I know you're going to get one next week. Someone's going to have a bark and elbow. Oh, absolutely. So and so's back is at Brandon Nemo's rib cage. It's 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 always the oblique. I still don't know what the hell the DM oblique is. It's going to be somebody's oblique. And it's a serious, like you strain your oblique and you're like, I like out for two months. Brian, I'm with you with the WBC. It's called called your love handle. We have love handles. Athletes have obliques. Oh, don't we ever, Eric. Um, yeah, I don't care. The reason I care about the World Baseball Classic is apparently like ninety percent of the Mets are playing in the damn thing. So, well, Nimmo uh, Nimmo dropped he, out. Right? Nimmo dropped out, saying he didn't want to get hurt. So, that's cool. If they want to, you know. But you know, I I thought of this one. That I love the attitude. At the same point in time, these guys would get hurt, like you know, taking grounders at second base in Fed, uh, in the second week of March. I mean, if they want to play in the World Baseball Classic, whatever. Yeah, no. But exactly. I want. You're right. I ain't watching it. Uh, another quick note uh, from the Mets side of things. I know you were getting a little nervous there because uh, Keith Hernandez had uh, not his contract was up with SNY. Obviously, he's a great broadcaster. Uh, fun to listen to, whether you're a Met, Yankee, who a Cardinal fan, whoever you are. He, when you when he's on the broadcast, he adds a little something to it. And his contract was up, and the two sides had kind of been come to a you know fork in the road, and they got to figure it out. So he signed a deal. I didn't see any specifics or details. Maybe you could fill me in, but he's coming back next year. I don't know the specific details of it if it didn't been released, but you know, I'm sure he's not hurting for money, but a little bit of a standoff there, but yeah, I still think, uh, you know, bias of course, cause I'm a Mets fan, but I think Gary Cohen and Ron Darling and Keith are the best broadcast team in baseball. So keep that together. There's something you can hang your hat on. They're always fun to listen to. Like I said, like he's got a new three-year contract. I think he's around 64 or 65. So it's a good gig. And, you know, I mean, you know, Maybe skip out some of those game, those travel, those road trips to Cincinnati and whatnot. But you know, good for him. It's funny. Well, I went down well deserved. Yeah, I went down memory lane a little bit on Sunday because I think it was the anniversary of when the Yankees hired Bill White. I think oh, it was wow. like February twelfth of nineteen seventy one, if I'm not Jesus. mistaken, as the first African American play by play broadcaster. And you know, much like you have your love for your Mets broadcasters, you know. Bill White and Phil Rizzuto, I grew up listening to them on yeah, channel. Years. I mean, yep. deep to left by Bucky Dent is one of the great calls. Think about how simple that is, that call that he made when Bucky Dent hit one of the biggest home runs in Yankee history yep. in the playoff in the, the uh, game one sixty three. One game yep. playoff in 1978, Fenway Park. He just deep to left, and just the inflection in his voice. If you get a second, it's just a great, simple, simple. call. Yeah. And it was my part of my childhood, just like you listen to your guys, whether it's uh, Ralph Kiner or whoever growing yeah, up. You know uh, Bob, I mean, I grew up a lot because Bob Murphy where I lived, lived. It was I got a lot more radio than TV, and uh, Bob, yeah, definitely one hundred percent Bob Murphy, and then Gary, Gary Thorne, and then Gary Cohen. Yep. So yeah, it's funny. I was thinking about my 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 son and my daughter who are big sports fans, but my son plays baseball, listens to base, likes baseball, and he wants a clock radio in his room. Wow! So he could put the game on at night. He like you must idea. be a proud baseball father. Well, I wanted to say, well, we don't allow them to have their phones in their room. They charge them at night in our rooms. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I want to say, well, you just get the Odyssey app and let's do it. I don't know <laughs> what's going on. But I said to him, you know what? That's a good call. We'll get, we'll find. So we we I do have one. one. I I still have one. I still have one in my bedroom, a clock radio. So mm-hmm. I put, I pop it on if I'm folding laundry or something. And uh, so it made me smile because I'm like, that's good. Still, we're still holding on to the past a little bit, Brian. No, I love that because that that's part of that. That's a lot of part of that's a lot of the baseball 
fan experience that's sort of dying, I feel sometimes. But you're okay with him listening to, you know, not so much baseball or like not sleep, you know, not getting up for rest. But do you think there's any sort of psychological implications to hearing Stearns and uh, Stearns, Susan Sterling? Sterling Stearns. Sterling. 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 Okay. I'm trying you to blew the joke. You blew the joke. I'm turning to Mad Dog Russo. Uh, Stearns, uh, yeah, uh, Susan Walding. Uh, yeah, yeah, yesterday Dog didn't know Elon Musk's name, by the way. Oh my god, that must have been just a butchering. Oh, what's his name? Flusk or Eli, uh, whatever he said, it was classic, classic, classic dog. All right, we got to take one more time out. When we come back, uh, Brian's got a list of birthdays. Brian, yeah, hey, don't forget if you want to, you know, read us the right act or give us some constructive criticism or just help me pronounce pronounce names that I should know, uh, you can email us at the edbc at edbcpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, love to hear from you, and unless you know, unless you're snarky or an Eagles fan. Anyway, that's just a little reminder. Now, let me tell you about All Is Well, like I do every week. All Is Well believes in the power of a good night's sleep. They've been living by that credo since they launched, and they offer products that feature innovative technology, unbelievable cons- comfort and support without deflating the bank account. It also features hybrid mattress technology. It combines the best of both worlds, memory foam and individually wrapped coils for a winning blend of comfort and support. The goal was to create an affordable mattress without sacrificing quality or luxury. And the result is the All's Well Queen mattress, such as low as $345. Still, a queen size mattress is low as $345. Plus, you get free shipping, 10 year limited warranty, 100 night risk free trial. And another way to save is when you go on to, uh, when you find our podcast, maybe go on to the Odyssey app like Eric's son, or go on to Apple Music or iTunes. Wherever you get your podcast, click on one of the episodes of the EDBC podcast. You'll see a link to take you to allswellhome.com. You click on that link and start shopping. You're going to get 15% off your total order. So that's a great way to save right off the bat. So s- save well, sleep well, and save well with All's Well. Easy for you to say. Long hey, Tuesday. A couple, couple of quick NFL notes. I just was looking around while you're reading that. Uh, the Ravens mm-hmm. are hiring uh, Georgia offensive coordinator Todd Munkin as their new offensive coordinator. Interesting. He was with the Browns and the Bucks, so we'll see if how that affects the whole Lamar Jackson situation. And then the other thing yeah. to watch today is Derek Carr will be released at 4 o'clock today, the former yeah. uh, Raiders quarterback. About to be the former Raiders quarterback. Yeah, so a lot of teams are interested in him. I know the Saints. I, I think the Jets will probably talk to him. I'm, I'm curious where he lands because his overall record is not great. I think he's one of those guys who's not been serviced well by his coaches over the years, playing for the Raiders at a lot of different guys. I mean, McDaniel this year. Um, there's, there's probably the, yeah. Um, he shows sparks, but he makes some really stupid plays a lot. He, stri- he strikes me. I'm going to give you this quick analogy before we go to the birthdays. He reminds me a lot of like Vinny Testaverde's career. Had all the tools, but it wasn't until he got to a good system. And Bill Parcells changed Vinny Testaverde's career. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what he did? He changed yep. if, if he had, if Vinny had been with Bill his whole career, he'd be in the Hall of Fame. Guy was I six know, foot I... five, had a rocket for an arm. He just needed a strong coach to, like you said earlier, put him in a position to win, call yeah. the plays and run the plays that he's right. comfortable with. So I'm just curious if Derek Carr turns his career around somewhere else. Yeah, it's a tough call to make because I'm, I'm looking. We're sort of focusing on the Jets right here because if you're the Jets and all of a sudden you can talk to Derek Carr as soon as later today. Are you still doing, but you, you're still, and we heard, I think, uh, Ian Rappaport reported this weekend that the Jets have mentioned they're interested in Aaron Rodgers, but that would facilitate, that'd be facilitating a trade and then and a lot of his, money, his salary. So, you know, that's where the team like the Jets is in a tough position because if you, 
think Carr is a viable option. And I'm not the biggest Derek Carr fan of the world. Again, Garoppolo, I mean, you have to go, so you know. Yeah, I mean, do you do you do you do the dance with Derek Carr or lose him and then find out you're not getting um you're not getting Aaron Rodgers? And the Jets are a team. This isn't Carolina, who we've talked about as maybe being a car landing spot, or even the Saints. Uh, I mean, the Jets have a really good young roster. They have no. I mean. They have no, I mean, they have no viable quarterback option. I mean, you can make fun of the Saints, but I mean, you, right now, if it was between what you have on the roster and Jameis Winston, Winston and Andy Dalton, you would take one of those guys. That's how bad the Jets roster is in terms of who's on the quarterback. I guess you could say Mike White, but I'm just. No, I get it. The Jets are in a tough spot. Um, no, and you know what? Do. The problem with the Jets too is you, you, if you get it, if you have a chance to get Aaron Rodgers, you got to get him despite the money because you have so many, so much young talent on your team that you don't have to pay yet. So mm-hmm. you get Rogers for two years when he's done, then you can make the hard decisions about what this young talent you want to pay. So it's tricky. We'll see. Yeah. All right. You got a birthday list, Brian. What's on this list today? Talk to me. All right. A couple, a uh, little, little bit of a theme here. Uh, let's a uh, couple crooners, a couple entertainers. Oh, a lot of these are designed to make us feel old and I'm sure they will. So let's start off with speaking of entertainers. Let's start off with Arsenio Hall. There's a blast from the past. Yeah, absolutely. We might have done him a couple of years ago, but let's try and see if we remember. Uh, our senior the hall is he 61, 67, or 69? I'm just going to go right to the middle. 67, which I think that's wrong. Go ahead. He is actually, you could think that's wrong. Way to be, way to be, you know, confident conviction. You know what? You're absolutely right. He's 67. How about that? Yeah, I thought 61 was too. Because you got to think he was late 80s, early 90s, right? That's what his heyday was, the late 80s. Yeah, early 90s. We were in high school. Bill Clinton playing the saxophone and all that crap. I mean, you know, Magic Hour. I know he was part of that. You're going to call this next guy a crooner, by the way? I think he's a crooner. This guy isn't a crooner? I I think I'm like uh, I think I'm one of the uh, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin type. But No, that's a good point. But, I mean, he's definitely, I mean – Definitely got a, a unique style. Right now, somewhere he's singing background as we speak. Yes. Uh, talking about Michael McDonald. Doobie Brothers, baby. Doobie Brothers, solo career, back on tour with the Doobie Brothers, uh, 50th anniversary. I want to go see them last year. I didn't, but heard they were good. But yeah, this will make you feel old. Michael McDonald, is he 66, 68, or 71? 71. He is 71. Yeah, he's older for sure. So, Guy's had white hair since he was 25 years old. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is not a crooner either, by the way. Go ahead. No, this is not a crooner. Uh, I guess singer. So yeah, let's go from Michael McDonald to Cheryl Crow. Uh, and I got nothing more than that, you know. Uh, so is she? Uh, yeah, I'm not. I don't, I don't even think we need to say. Tuesday so night dance club. She uh, all that jazz. Dated Eric Clapton for a little while. Oh, did some celebrity appearances with the Rolling Stones on stage. Go ahead. Oh, geez, well, well, I guess she did more than I thought. Is she? Oh, I just lost my list. Oh, here we go. 55, 58, or 61. I think 61. Yeah, you're right. Wow. Feel oh, good I'm about that, roll in here. Three for three. There. Let, can we can we finish it? I think, again, we finish this. Let's play the audio questions so you can get your one of the Super Bowl. Oh, wait. That's, that's something else. The Connecticut mob. Go ahead. All right. All right. All right. Uh, Jennifer Aniston. Friends and other stuff. A lot of rom-coms. That show was on the other day, and I found myself watching it for like 10 minutes and laughing hysterically at Joey and Chandler. Yeah, but not Those her. jokes are never going to get old. Never going to get old. No. Well, you know who is getting old? Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> yeah, so she is. is she, what Although is she she's doing? doing everything she can to hide those wrinkles. Let's just put it that way. I haven't seen her recently, but I don't doubt it one, one single bit. Well, no. is she 51, 54, or 58? 58. 
not that old. She's 54. Although, as you mentioned, parts of her are probably younger. Yeah. All right. 54. All right. Yeah, man, that show. I mean, listen, my kids, I not the next couple of years, probably the what my daughter probably could watch that now. There's a lot of, you know, sexually charged humor, obviously, that, you know, never want to introduce to your children, no matter if they're 20 years old. It's going to happen anyway. Yeah, I know. I know. So, uh, yeah, that's the, the, the morning show. I don't watch my wife like that show. That's that. Oh, I forgot about that. I never saw that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good show. But I like much like yourself. I can't watch shows about television news because I scream at the TV the whole time saying that would never happen. I, would I, never tried happen. To wa- I tried to watch the one that was on the Aaron Sorkin one that was on a couple of years ago on HBO. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the newsroom. Room. Yeah, yeah. With Sam Waterston. And it just annoyed the hell out of my wife because the ones that. The ones that were they got wrong were like just like I the assignment are editor you being a star. Kidding me? Yeah, the assignment the girl answering the phone on the assignment desk being a star. I mean, come on, Enough give fun. me a break. Uh, yeah, okay, just, we better we're stop right now. Yeah, we'll go on a rant. Yeah, we're gonna go down a rabbit hole. All right, so uh, later this uh, the next podcast we're gonna have uh, we got a minute left here just to promote we got a uh, guy who wrote a book about the Hartford Whalers, right, Brian? But the him coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, I'm sure we'll do some more basketball stuff as we closer to March Madness. The UConn men and women are making things interesting. Yep. Uh, at some point, we might even end up talking about the NBA, much to Eric's chagrin. Nick's uh, won a big one last night, so I was Nick's did win a big one, yeah. Lost a little um, that last night, I must admit. Uh, Nick's and Nets a little cross town. Yeah, the cross town rivalry. Yeah, good luck making that stick. Uh, and, you know, baseball, spring training right around the corner. I don't care when pitchers and catchers report, by the way. This uh, today, I think, or yesterday. I don't care. Don't tell me. No. It did. I wish right. I was going down. It is fun to go down there. I was it saying, is great to go to spring training. It's just I skipped many a classes a at, at the University of South Florida in Tampa. I skipped many uh, afternoon classes in February, March to go watch the Orioles and White Sox and whoever else back in the early nineties. I'm so. sure you found other reasons to skip classes. But yeah, but the, there was a lot of spring training. Little Al Lang Stadium in St. Pete it was an easy ride. So there you go. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the EDBC podcast. I'm Eric Keith Bryan. Until the next time, Brian. Say goodbye. See ya.